This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com. Make sure you check us out at PHLSportsNation.com or PHLSportsNation on Twitter for all your Philadelphia sports needs. We got coverage on the Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, Union, you name it, we got it. So make sure you check us out and um, hope you guys are enjoying this intro. I think this is the third time I've put uh, the Boston Scott intro on the episode um, a couple months ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing Boston Scott, and after um, our conversation, we you know played around with a new intro, um, had him record something for me, and then put it with a song. So um, hope you guys like it. I think it sounds great, um, something new because this podcast has been going on for almost two years now, surprisingly, and it was the same um, the Eagles fight song. Although we love that, um, kind of you know gets tiring hearing that every single week when you come in listen to birds banter so uh good change of pace and really cool to hear boston's voice every time i open up uh this this podcast episode so uh hope you guys enjoyed that today we're going to do an eagles mailbag question podcast episode um i took some questions from a few fans gave uh gave their questions about the eagles the upcoming season and a couple things that they want to look forward to so we're going to get into that and just you know, overall right now, the Eagles, it's still been a slow offseason. Training camp is now finally kicking in. They're getting into stage two, which means they're, they're going to be in shorts and shells. Um, not really doing much contact. I'm sure it will happen at some point, even though they're not supposed to. Um, you know, heat of the moment, adrenaline, something's going to happen. Um, obviously, they're not going out there to hurt each other, but they're itching so much to play that, um, you know, there might be a little bit of tackling or hard shoving here and there, um, just to try to get that energy going. But right now, it just seems like there's been one-on-one drills from what we've seen. Obviously, we're not seeing live, in-depth practices every single day. But um, I'm sure you guys have all seen the video of Deshaun Jackson um, on Darius Slay just burning him. Um, Quez Watkins on Rasul Douglas, they're looking good. Um, really happy that Carson Carson Wentz is finally getting in with these quarterback or with these wide receivers. I'm sorry. And finally dialing in and getting that deep ball right before the season starts. Because he's got a lot of speed to work with this season. Alright, so speaking of wide receivers, the first question that I'm going to answer is from Markel. Markel says, what's your views on the wide receiver position? Obviously, it seems as if the birds are in a better place than last year in terms of depth. However, with Alshon and PUP, Deshaun coming off injury, and Goodwin opting out, we're left with a lot of unproven talent. Talent. Thoughts. I think this is a great question because although our hopes are very high for the wide receiver group, especially after last year um, when Greg Ward had to save the group and you had um, Rob Davis and, you know, even Shelton Gibson coming back, it was brutal watching the wide receiver play. It did step up a little bit, um, but you got to give a lot of credit to the running backs and the tight ends for carrying this season, helping Carson Wentz um, complete some catches because he really did not have any weapons at all, but you know, Markel, um, it's it's a concern that I have as well. Um, 
from what we've seen so far and what that what fans are hearing, um, Adam Kaplan reported that Alshon Jeffrey might not be starting the season on PUP because they think that um, he's in good shape. He's training very well this offseason, and they might think he's going to be ready not week one probably, but you know maybe weeks two through four. Uh, because remember, when you start on the PUP list, you can only be activated after week six. Then after that, you have a 21-day period to determine if you're going to be activated to the active roster or not. So uh, it's kind of what happened with Jalen Mills last year when he came off the pup. I don't, I don't remember correct. I don't know if I remember this fully, but um, I'm pretty sure he came off. You know, week six he was eligible, and then he might have not been ready. Um, for week seven so they just didn't activate him yet because they have that 21 day period and then week eight he was ready to get onto the field Um, it happens all the time so you have about week nine weeks instead of six but if they expect Alshon Jeffrey to be ready before then even if even if it's week four or week five so close to that deadline you know given the wide receivers right now Alshon Jeffrey is going to help a lot because right now the Eagles have a lot of speed but, you know, you always need that X receiver, that big receiver who's going to be drawing more press coverage on one side of the ball. That's a guy like Alshon Jeffrey. And you look at the group right now, and the only other, other receiver that can fill that spot, maybe not play it very well, but fits the mold is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Coming off of an injury, coming off of a very disappointing season, and hasn't had a full offseason to work with Aaron Moorhead, the wide receivers coach, um, Carson Wentz. You don't know if he's going to make that step in year two. And then all of a sudden, he might have to be your, or he's probably going to have to be your starting X receiver week one, maybe week two, maybe week three. Who knows when Jeffrey comes back? I know there's been a lot of bad blood with Alshon Jeffrey, fans, you know, up and down with him. Uh, I'm trying to put all that behind me because, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, yes, there were concerns. But if he's going to be on the team, apparently he's you know fired up, ready to go, and he's going to be a big part of this offense. Alshon Jeffrey, he's not going to be the number one receiver. It's not going to happen. Even when you put the running backs and tight ends on the field, he's going to be like the fourth or fifth, maybe sixth option that Carson Wentz is going to look to, or not directly look to, but um, have available to him. There are better options on the field. Having Alshon Jeffrey, I don't care how old he is. I don't care his injury history. Having Alshon Jeffrey as the fifth option in your offense, that is fantastic. He's going to produce. He's going to play well. He's not going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. He's not going to be a pro bowler, but you don't need him to be. So Jeffrey, looking forward to him. I hope he comes back sooner rather than later because the Eagles really need him. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, we talked about him a little bit a couple weeks ago when he did opt out. Um, You know, it's a personal decision. We should all respect his decision and uh, hope for the best for him and just keep in mind that when players opt out, they get a, you know, they the NFL calls it a stipend. It's $150,000 that they're given. Um, their contract is just rolled over to the next season. They don't get any bonuses or anything like that. They only get $150,000. But next season, no matter if they're on the team or not, they have to pay that back. So Goodwin's not really making much money. Obviously, he has some from previous contracts, but um, this year he do, he's not making money. With the Eagles, the money that he makes, he's going to have to give back. Um, So he will be rostered in 2021. The Eagles are going to be looking to keep him around. They do have that opportunity. But Marquise Goodwin is someone that I was really excited to see because he has experienced the NFL. 
You guys know that I'm a big fan of Jalen Rager. However, if, say, Deshaun Jackson gets injured or it's not expected that he's going to play all 60, 70 snaps on offense every game because he's just not going to hold up. Um, He's getting a little bit bigger. He's stronger, uh, more thick in the legs. So I think he can hold up, have a little bit more durability. But, you know, he's getting old. You can't rely on him to be on the field nonstop and be able to hold up all the time. So given that, given that Jalen Rager is a rookie and the rest of the players, you know, Quez Watkins and John Hightower, provided that they make the team, they are rookies as well. Late round rookies, keep that in mind. Yes, they're good. I'm excited about them. But there's a reason that people fall in the draft. I don't really, looking at the NFL draft, I don't really believe in sleepers because there's 32 teams in the league. Each one are watching these players go by round after round. It's not like someone in round seven should have gone in round two. They went in round seven for a reason. If they should have gone that high, other teams would have taken them. So although I am excited for John Hightower and Quez Watkins, they are fifth and sixth round picks. We have to keep that in mind. We can't expect too much out of them. Um, one expect one to not even play much this season. Be uh, you know deactivated for most game days. It wouldn't surprise me. So, Markel, getting back to your question, yes, I am concerned. Deshaun Jackson, I think he's going to play around twelve games. Uh, miss about four due to injury or whatever is going to come up with him because we can't rely on him to play all sixteen games. I think he can get around, you know, 800, easily 800 yards if he plays 12 games, possibly 1,000, because Carson Wentz is really, really connected with him. He's going to be feeding him the ball. Deshaun Jackson is is so fast, so good um, running those deep routes. Jalen Rager, you know, I hope he stays healthy because he's going to make an impact. He's going to be someone that's going to line up all over the field. Right now he's being, you know, groomed to be the Z receiver behind Deshaun Jackson, we talked about X receivers earlier. He is going to try to cross train and go over there, but the Eagles are expected to want him to master the Z first before they start moving him all over the field at, you know, the big man receiver or the slot or running back. But as the season goes along, as he, you know, picks up on more, um, you know, factors of this offense, he's going to make an impact everywhere on the field. So looking forward to see what he does. Um, the, you know, Greg Ward, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Greg Ward, looking forward to him. Um, he's going to be working on the slot. He can't play anywhere else, let's be honest. But Doug Peterson is very high on him. Um, you know, Aaron Moorhead said that Greg Ward has been leading the wide receiver group. Uh, he's been a great leader. He's been working very hard. So that is super encouraging. Great for Greg Ward. Um, like having him around on the team. But he's not someone that's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. I think 600 yards is something that he can manage and something that's going to contribute well to this offense so Markel the biggest thing with this offense and the wide receivers are just staying healthy if Carson Wentz is given the opportunity to throw to um you know Alshon Jeffrey Deshaun Jackson Jalen Rager and Greg Ward as long as he has three of those players on the field every single week this offense should easily put up 30 points easily it's it's a huge upgrade from last year a lot, a lot of speed. There's a good amount of size there. Um, versatility, you name it. Eagles have it. So staying healthy because the skill of all these players speaks for themselves. If they're all on, the, all on the field, you know what you're getting out of them, and that's high-level football. So looking forward to it. Um, yes, I am concerned. I hope these receivers pan out. I hope J.J. makes progression. 
I hope Jalen Rager shows, um, you know, some sense that he can be the number one receiver for this team down the road. I hope one of the rookies shows some promise, whether it's just on special teams or, uh, you know, once they get into the field, onto the field for a couple of regular season games, because if you're not seeing much of these receivers, then you're going to start to be concerned when uh, next year's draft rolls around and you're looking at your wide receiver group again as a weakness because, you know, Ashon Jeffrey might not be gone or might, might be gone. Sorry. Deshaun Jackson might be gone. All of a sudden, you're taking big hits. Who knows what Marquise Goodwin's going to do next year? Is, is he just going to you know, possibly retire after not playing for a full year? So there's a lot of questions. I don't, I don't try to look into the future too much and worry about it because we got to take it one week at a time, look at what we have right now. However, there's a lot of pressure on this group, but they have the chance to be great. So I'm looking forward to it, hoping for the best out of them. Great question. Our next question comes from Jackson, and Jackson is going to be asking about the the cornerbacks. We talked about this a little bit, um, I think, last podcast or the one before, but always good to dive into this again. So Jackson says, who do you think wins the number two corner spot? And any chance one of the corners has moved during the season? I'm assuming he means a trade um, or maybe, you know, filtering in different starting cornerbacks. So right now, obviously, Darius Slay is the number, number one corner. And it's expected that he's going to be following the number one receiver on the opposing team, which is so beneficial because previously what the Eagles do is when you're looking at the defense, um, Jalen Mills is predominantly the starter. When he was on the field, he was always on the right side. And then they would put, you know, Avanti Maddox, Sidney Jones, whoever else was playing on the left side. And they wouldn't adjust for any matchup at all. They would play left and right. And a lot of teams do that, and that's fine. But if you have cornerbacks that aren't very versatile, they can only cover specific types of receivers, then offense, it's going to be so easy for them to break apart because they can just say, all right, um, you know, Jalen Mills can't keep up with a receiver like Tyreek Hill. Let's throw him on Jalen Mills. If, you know, Avante Maddox would play him better, put Hill on him all game. You know, it's so easy to make these you know, very quick adjustments just to exploit the defense. So the fact that Darius Slay is going to be trailing guys like, you know, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, um, you know, Terry McLaurin all year is going to be so beneficial because now on the other side, you're always going to have the number two receiver. But who's going to be covering them? That's Jackson's question. Right now, it's got to be Avante Maddox, 100%. Um, I know it's going to be an open battle. They love having open battles at cornerback, and they've been doing it for the past couple of seasons. However, if you look at their play usage, especially late in the season last year, Sidney Jones did, you know, was projecting to be the starter week one. However, with poor play, injuries, he really fell off. Avante Maddox, man, he took that nasty hit from Andrew Sandejo against the Packers, but when he came back, he was playing very well. And he, he was playing a couple different positions. Um, great recovery by him. But Avante Maddox, although he is small, in my opinion, he is best suited to be the outside corner opposite Darius Slay. He has good experience. The team loves him. Um, he plays bigger than he looks. And he's fast. You know, ticks all the boxes there. He might not be an all-pro or pro bowler, but he can handle wide receiver twos on any team, I'd say. You know, he, he might have some trouble against a receiver like 
a Michael Gallup or a Calvin Ridley who who's a really good wide receiver too. However, most of the time, I know he can handle a lot of these matchups. So, Devontae Maddox has been used so much more than Sidney Jones last season. Sidney Jones was basically benched all the second half of the year. If an injury would happen, that would be the only time that Sidney Jones came in. Granted, he did play really well when he came in late in the season, made crucial plays to you know secure them a couple of big wins there. But is that enough? You know, last season a lot of fans, including myself, after you know midway through the season, we're all saying Sidney Jones can't be here anymore. He's not going to make the team in 2020. He can't. There's no reason to keep him around anymore. He's not beneficial to what they're trying to do on defense. He stays injured. He can't keep up with anyone. Avante Maddox, you never have that concern with him. Yes, like I said, he is not an elite cornerback. However, you don't have to worry every single time he's on the field if someone's going to blow by him, if someone's going to outjump him. Avante Maddox can get it done. Not every single time, but he can get it done consistently. He is consistent, and that's what you need out of a cornerback, too. You don't need the best cornerback duo in the league. Having Darius Slay on one side is a huge upgrade already. Just have someone solid beside him. Now, Sidney Jones, I I hope the best for him. I hope that he impresses in training camp. I hope he gets a chance and can compete and help him and Devontae get better as as the process goes along this offseason. However, in my opinion, Sidney Jones is a player, the past two offseasons when he's been healthy, everybody talks about him. Everybody says he's going to have a breakout year, still have yet to see that, and everybody says he's looking really good in training camp. But we, when we get to the field, when it matters, he doesn't do either. He doesn't have a breakout year. He doesn't stay healthy. He doesn't look good. So why are we keep you know going back to him? Yes, he deserves a chance. And if he doesn't make that stop against the um, the Giants week 14, if he doesn't make the big play against the Cowboys week 17, I wouldn't be saying this. The only reason that I'm putting him into the conversation is because he played his, his way back into it late in the season. He played very well. Got to give him credit for that. However, in my opinion, he has to have an offseason not where he, you know, quote unquote, looks good and is going to, quote unquote, have a breakout year. The only reason, the only way Sidney Jones is going to start week one is if one, Avante Maddox gets injured, or number two, from today until September 6th or whenever the Eagles' first game is, Sidney Jones is looking like a clear cut Pro Bowl cornerback. I know that's a lot to say. However, like I said, how long are we going to go down this road asking for more and more out of Sidney Jones, expecting more and more, and getting disappointed? You don't have to do that, that with Avante Maddox. Yes, have an open competition. Yes, have Sidney Jones you know, take reps with the first team and have him go against the good receivers on the Eagles' um, offense. However, I'm looking for a lot more out of him than most fans are. He's not going to step in and win this role uh, just by playing well. He needs to play near near perfect to win this from Avante Maddox. Uh, that's the truth. I mean, it's it's not even a hot take. It's the truth. The Eagles favor Avante Maddox so much more than Sidney Jones. Um, that's clear with the way that they play them on the field when we're actually in the season and not just in training camp. And it's clear, I mean, they, they speak very highly of Avante Maddox. So that's where I stand on it, Jackson. Um, Avante Maddox, I think, is going to be the cornerback too. 
Rasul Douglas, if he makes the team, if he makes progressions like people are expecting him to do, he's not going to see the field as a starter. Um, it would take a lot of injuries and a lot of regression for that to happen. Um, the Eagles cut, you know, Prince Smith, who is, you know, a, not a sleep, not, I wouldn't say like a dark horse to make the team, but kind of a sleeper pick to make the team. Um, he's not with them anymore. You know, Craven LeBlanc and Ro- Nickel Roby Coleman are not going to play the outside. They're, they're slot corners. Um, the Eagles might sign a veteran. I could see that happening, but it's not like they're going to step in and take Avante's spot. So I think Avante has it pretty nearly well locked up as long as he doesn't get injured and as long as he can, you know, continue to impress in training camp. And Jackson, to continue your question and finish it off for you, um, do you think any corners get moved during the season? I'm going to take that as a trait. I think that's what you mean by that question. Um, No, I would say absolutely not, because the only corner on the team right now that looks like he can be expendable is Rasul Douglas. But the contract is so cheap, um, he doesn't have much value to the team right now. I would say if he's going to leave the team, it's going to be by being released, being cut, waived, whatever, um, not by being traded because you're not going to get much value out of him, um, the, the opposing team, the team that's going to trade for him. You know, he's in a contract year, very low. Um, you know, it's someone that, it's it's a player that's just going to be dumped um, for not much at all. So I would say that would be the only possibility, but it's very, very unlikely as you get into the season, you know, the only outside corners you have that are capable are Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones. If an injury or two happens, you're going right back to 20, 2018, 2020 when you're suffering all these injuries. So it, it is good to have depth. And in the slot, the Eagles have the best two, best uh, duo of slot corners in the league. I know only one can be on the most of the time. Only one can be on the field at the time with uh, Roby Coleman and Craven LeBlanc. However, you know, again, injuries can happen. You know, they're, the Eagles have a lot of slot a lot of slot cornerbacks because Avante can play there, Sidney Jones can play there. Um, you know, some of these safeties can play there. However, it's good to have depth. Um, I doubt Craven LeBlanc would be traded. Nickel Roby Coleman, I would say, is near untouchable. They think that he, they got a top five slot corner in the league out of him. Really looking forward to him. He's on a cheap contract. It's not like they're going to save any cap space getting rid of him. Um, but Craven LeBlanc, another very, very cheap contract. So I, I would say he's going to be around. So Jackson, yeah, the only player I could see being moved for any sort of value is Rasul Douglas. But if if some team bites for that, it's going to be very, very minimal. All right, guys, hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We have two more questions to go. Really good questions so far. Uh, bring up a lot of good conversation from the wide receiver group and the cornerback group. But before we continue, I'd like to take a brief moment to talk about a word from our sponsor. Support for the Burr's Banter Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped, I've been using their products for a while now. It's excellent. Um, You know, I can't stress this enough. This is a great deal for you guys. I'm going to talk about how you can save money buying new Manscaped products, and I highly recommend it. They do a great, great job over there. That's that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and has just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. 
Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates the grooming area for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code PHL. All right, guys, back to the mailbag. We have two more questions. Um, one, you know, they're both Eagles related, but one is a little bit more creative. Um, we have a question. I don't have a name here. Um, the Twitter handle is just JD. But can anyone on the roster pitch? The Phillies bullpen needs help. This is a good question. Um, you know, I I support all the Philly sports teams. Um, Eagles are definitely my favorite. That's why I'm running this podcast on just the Eagles. However, you know, it's, it's been very enjoyable watching teams like the Phillies and the Sixers uh, and the Flyers get back into action after such a long break, having no sports, really been enjoying it. I know the Phillies have been struggling. The Sixers have been struggling. The Flyers have been doing really well. Um, but, you know, you, you, we've gotten away from sports, but we couldn't get away from, um, you know, all of the stress and anxiety that comes with watching Philadelphia sports teams plays. It's something with them, all of them almost. Um, they have their ups and downs. A lot of times the downs last longer than the highs. But right now, like uh, this man said, the the problem with the Phillies is the bullpen pitching. I'm not going to go on a rant with the Phillies right now just because we're going to keep the Eagles. But um, I was thinking about this question for a little bit before we started. Like, who would make a, a good pitcher for the Eagles? Obviously, you know, a taller, lankier player like Carson Wentz would make possibly a good pitcher, but um, I'm trying to think. Last year, I went to the Eagles, or not the Eagles, but Carson Wentz's charity softball game for his AO1 Foundation, covered the um, the game. We went and, you know, gave some live coverage on Twitter and recorded a podcast right there at the field, so that, that was really cool watching the guys play some softball. And I, I always remembered, you know, the big bats there, you know, Richard Rogers, Jason Kelsey, uh, Lane Johnson hitting the ball super far, but pitching, I don't know. I feel like um, Carson Wentz could, could pitch the ball pretty well. I feel like Jalen Rager could be, could be pretty nice. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey, it seems like that man can do anything. So I wouldn't count him out, but there's just a lot of, you know, athletes that the Eagles have. Um, Joe Osman, I feel like he, he's just, probably naturally gifted at everything um the you know almost veteran defensive end there that eagles have so it's a creative question i really like it um it's just you know other than quarterbacks it's not like there's a huge uh correlation between any other position um and a pitcher 
you know, from football to baseball. So um, very interesting. But I feel like if you put a lot of Eagles on the diamond, they could throw the ball in there, you know, pretty hot. So um, that, that'd be awesome to see. Hopefully once we can, you know, get out of this pandemic and, you know, have more personal interaction. Hopefully the Eagles and the Phillies can, you know, team up, hang out and uh, do something fun like that, you know, hit the ball around a little bit. Uh, that'd be awesome. So going into our last and final question, it's from Sean. Sean was just on the podcast a couple weeks ago. So um, he's coming in with a good question here. And this was right after I asked her these questions. I believe the day of Jatavis Brown retiring. Sean says, with Jatavis Brown now retired, how much does this boost Sean Bradley's chances at possibly starting and receiving quality playing time? Um, you know, I'm a Temple student. Sean's a Temple student. So I feel like we might be a bit biased with Sean Bradley here because, you know, it's always cool to see someone from uh, the team that you support go to another team that you support, you know, from college to NFL. However, I'm going to pump the brakes here. Um, Sean, it's a great question. However, we got to understand that, like I said before, there's no real sleepers from the draft. Or not sleepers, um, steals. Sean Bradley went in, what, the fifth or sixth round? There's a reason he went back, He went down there. After the draft, I recapped every single player that the Eagles picked, including the undrafted free agents. I gave their strengths and weaknesses there's a reason why these guys get drafted late. A lot of times, you know, it happens due to injury. They still have all the skill in the world, but, you know, injuries kind of push them down their injury concern. However, Sean Bradley was always pretty healthy. The reason he's, he fell was because of some of his play on the field. Not, you know, it's not like he was projected to be a, a super high pick and just fell all the way down there. Uh, the Eagles did not make a huge investment into linebacker this year other than drafting Davion Taylor with their third-round pick. So right now with a linebacker group, the Eagles run a lot of nickel linebacker packages, two linebackers on the field, and those linebackers include Nate Gary, uh, Duke Riley's in that conversation, and you know TJ Edwards is more of a middle linebacker. If they're running more linebackers on the field, he's going to be playing a lot. But Jatavis Brown was in that group of nickel linebackers. That's what he played. So I don't see Sean Bradley as someone that's going to be a nickel linebacker. So, you, Sean, you would have to consider the position itself. Um, yes, they are both linebackers, but there's different classifications as linebackers. It's just like saying um, with Marquise Goodwin opting out, say the Eagles drafted some big receiver like Alshon Jeffrey, um, you know, Marquise Goodwin opting out would not necessarily mean that this big receiver would get a lot of playing time because, you know, Goodwin is going to be playing that role that Deshaun Jackson does, the the faster role. There's there's different, you know, levels to this. First of all, Sean, Bradley's, Sean Bradley has to make the team. And as much as I think that he will, and Tavis Brown retiring definitely helps him a little bit because it opens up another spot at linebacker. Um, again, he is a late-round draft pick. And again... The Eagles are going to value veterans, experience, consistency over rookies, especially late-round rookies. I wouldn't be surprised if we see fourth-round picks getting cut this year and cuts before the season starts. That's pretty rare. You don't normally see that. However, these rookies don't have a lot of time to prove themselves. If you have a veteran that's doing just as well as a rookie, 
if the rookie is struggling a little bit, you don't want to take that chance. You have to try to win this year. You can't just play around just because you drafted someone. So I think that's definitely not in Sean Bradley's favor. But the thing that gives Sean Bradley such a boost here, a boost even above Davion Taylor maybe, is special teams presence. The, the way that Sean Bradley is going to get on defense is through special teams. That's 100% a fact. Sean Bradley, you know, I talked to some Temple football players after the draft, asked about Sean Bradley, their experience of playing with him, what it was like, what he, who he is as a player, who he is as a leader. You know, they talked strictly about, you know, most guys that come from Temple, it's not a big program. They're going to start out on special teams. You know, there, there was a draft pick. I think he went to, uh, yeah, the Falcons, Matt Hennessy, interior offensive lineman. He has a chance to start very early in his career. Obviously, he's not going to be running around on special teams. Sean Bradley will be. Sean Bradley will likely start mostly every game because he can play special teams. He's fast. He's powerful. He ticks all the boxes there. Davion Taylor is a player that is a project, and the timing of drafting him couldn't be worse because they don't have a lot of time to work with him this offseason. I doubt he sees the field much because he doesn't have a lot of, a lot of experience playing football, but you know he, he played, if you watch him at Colorado, it was like he was playing um, like nickel corner most of the time, not even linebacker. He was in coverage a lot. Yeah, he, he has great closing speed. He has great tackling ability. But for him to play you know, nickel linebacker, he's got a lot of work to do. He has to be familiar with the position at the NFL level uh, because he wasn't even fully familiar with it at the college level. He was moving all over the place, even from safety. So, Sean, to get to your question, um, I know I've been you know all over the place a little bit. I would say no. Jatavis Brown retiring is not going to impact Sean Bradley's playing time whatsoever. However, Sean Bradley could still have a good chance at getting some playing time. Months ago when he was drafted, I said, when I look at this linebacker group, there's a lot of you know role players, some weaknesses in there. You don't really look at one player and say he looks like a linebacker. Sean Bradley, I get that sense for him. When I look at Sean Bradley, I think that is a linebacker. That is more of a true, strong linebacker that the Eagles have been lacking since Nadja Bradham. So, yes. Yes and no. Yes, I do think he can start. And, uh, start is, that's, that's a big jump. Yes, he can get some quality playing time this year at probably middle linebacker. No, Jatavis Brown does not boost his chances. Different position, different type of player. Um, I wouldn't say that Bradley's a shoe-in if Jatavis Brown does, did, was not going to make the team, you know. Um, so, yes, I'm looking forward to him. Um, you know, Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher the other day were saying how the Eagles love Sean Bradley so far. He's doing really well great leader in the locker room. They talked to some Temple guys as well. Um, their sources there say that he is going to make it into the NFL. He's going to make it for a long time because he's going to be great on special teams and he is, you know, unmatched in the locker room. Great leader, great presence, and that's what the Eagles need. They they love having a culture like that. So uh, I do have high hopes for him. I, th- I think he's definitely going to make the team now because he's impressing a lot. However, it's an uphill battle for him to get on the team with defense and then to start. 
I think he's still got another year or two before he is considered a starting linebacker. However, if you know, we know injuries happen. We know players don't perform up to up to standards. He can see the field, but I would imagine out of all of 2020, I would say 80% of his time on the field is going to be on special teams. But nonetheless, looking forward to him. Um, that's going to do it for this podcast. I got four questions. Uh, I want to talk about the future of this podcast just for a couple moments here. I really enjoy answering questions like these, so I want to try to keep doing that. Um, as the offseason ramps up, I'm definitely going to stay true to my um, you know Wednesday posting days once a week. If we're starting to get news all the time, I might adjust and do two episodes per week. Uh, I'm going to be back in Philly soon, go to school. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. I want to continue to do mailbag podcast episodes, um, even if it's just 10 minutes at the end of a topic, um, talk about something and then just answer a few questions. So if you are not, please, please do this right now. Go on your phone. It takes two seconds on Instagram. Birds Banter PHL on Twitter. Birds Banter. I post all the links when the, they come out. I post coverage for the Eagles. If I'm asking for questions, I post that. Make sure you check it out. I'm doing a giveaway soon. Um, still working out out details. Going to announce it soon, but you're going to need to be following them to to see my giveaway. So make sure you're following us on social media. That's where you're going to get all the Birds Banter news. Also, next podcast. I'm very, very excited about it. I haven't had a guest in a while. It's been, um, you know, it's been a couple weeks. I had Sean McMenamin on a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, my friend who just asked a question. But since then, it's it's been a long time, and I have a very special guest coming on. Someone, uh, I told you guys, I'm going to be talking more about what the NFL is doing. It's not going to be directly Eagles related. We're going to talk about more as a whole what the NFL is, you know facing this this uh this year the new regulations um with you know what happened with opting out what happens with the salary cap in the future what happens with college football this is getting canceled a lot of stuff going into it not going to tell you the name but i have someone ready to go who's very dialed into the nfl uh community so he is going to come on we're going to talk about upcoming season he's going to help you guys understand a little bit more about what the nfl has been like these past couple of months and what we can expect in the future and uh you know maybe maybe we'll talk about some eagles players as well so um looking forward to that be on the lookout next week i'm gonna be posting that on social media soon once we get that up and ready planned and ready to go uh but for now thank you guys so much for tuning in this week make sure you follow us on social media birds banter PHL on Instagram, Birds Banter on Twitter. Make sure you check out Manscaped. Use PHL at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. You can't miss that. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Such a good deal. Make sure you check it out, manscaped.com. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in, and go Birds!